Welcome to the Action Research Podcast. Somehow, the first podcast dedicated solely to action research. Each episode, action research experts Adam and Joe explore facets of this research methodology. Speaking with experienced and emerging action researchers, they aim to contribute to this important and growing field and understand the nuance and process of action research in action. In this episode, Joe and Adam talk to Dr. Alfredo Ortiz Aragon. He prefers Alfredo. Alfredo is an associate professor in the PhD program in the Dreben School of Education at the University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas. He's also an action researcher, facilitator of organizational change processes, and has been working in international and local development contexts for the last 18 years. Released in September, Alfredo co-authored a new edition of the seminal book, Action Research. Renowned action researcher Ernie Stringer invited Alfredo to be his co-author for this fifth edition. Adam, Joe, and Alfredo have a lot to talk about, so we're going to share their conversation in two segments. In this episode, you'll get a sense of Alfredo's background and what led him to action research. Then, Alfredo will answer pressing questions about action research in a lightning round of Q&A with Joe. Thanks for tuning in. Now, on to your hosts. My name is Adam Stieglitz, PhD candidate at the University of Louisville and also director and co-founder of the Andean Alliance for Sustainable Development, a social change organization in the highlands of Peru. And I'm Joe Levitan, an assistant professor and graduate program director at McGill University, as well as the co-founder of Centro Educativo Payatayu, a community-based educational organization also in the highlands of Peru. So could not be more excited about today's podcast. We have on a gentleman who for me has been a close friend, a professor, a mentor for many years, he goes by the name of Dr. Alfredo Ortiz Aragon, Associate Professor at the Dryden School of Education at the University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio. Great guy, super involved in his community as it relates to action research. And uh, recently, I believe in September, released textbook titled Action Research, the fifth edition. That was a uh, co-authorship with Ernie Stringer. Dr. Ortiz Aragon, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your illustrious podcast. It's really exciting that you guys are doing this and uh, it's great to connect with you. Awesome. How, how was the introduction? Did I do all right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I've gotten to know Adam since many, I don't even know when uh, we first met, but uh, back at the Monterey Institute of International Studies, which later became Middlebury Institute of International Studies. And um, we've been conspiring with each other and trying to encourage each other's worst ideas as, as much as possible for the last few years. That's right. I mean, and you've been instrumental, really, I mean, in helping myself and my colleague Aaron Eber form our organization in Peru, the Indian Alliance for Sustainable Development. You were always bringing the work that we were doing in the field into your classroom. You've helped me as I got on the path towards uh, in the PhD world and, and my research. Um, it's just great to have you on. And I'm happy to finally be able to introduce you to, to Joe as well, our co-host, because we've all been kind of conspiring in our own little circles, but it's nice to bring the triangle together. 
Yeah, it's great to meet you. All right, so then maybe just to kick us off, do you mind giving us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and talking a little bit how you got into the field of action research? Sure. I got a master's degree way back when in international development. There's international relations, but it was a development focus. And I really saw it as a way of pursuing my inner desire to be helpful in the world. I think I was brought up with a mission orientation from a uh, lot watching and seeing my parents in, in northern New Mexico, where I grew up being very community oriented. And maybe part of it was this a, a very Catholic upbringing at the time. I felt that I needed to, to do something to help. And so I saw international development as a way to really do interesting work and be helpful. And um, I studied this degree and I got a job in Washington, D.C. with a nonprofit called PACT. And their tagline at the time was building capacity worldwide. And I started off in the, in the financial area, but I eventually got into facilitation of what we call capacity building processes. They were kind of like organizational development processes and working to try to strengthen nonprofit organizations, not unlike the Andean Alliance, but also larger organizations and local partners of, of bigger nonprofits like CARE or Catholic Relief Services. We were often asked to come in and facilitate team building processes or strategic planning or just different types of, of internet kind of organizational development needs that different organizations had. And I would say that that type of work of designing self-assessments and working with people to try to understand what's working and what's not and coming up with strategies to respond to it, I would say that it's very action oriented. And so like many practitioners, I was always taking action but I wasn't reflecting too much and I wasn't learning too much really about what was going on. And I wasn't even paying that much attention to whether these shiny tools that we were using were resonating with people. If it, you know, if people were really finding them to be helpful to dig deep into their issues. And so it was creative methodology, but I, I didn't feel it was very deep or meaningful methodology. And so I got a little frustrated working in that area. I did it for nine years, including the last four years uh, leading our, our regional office out of Quito, Ecuador. And I decided I needed to dig deeper into this work and find a way to come up with meaningful ways of engaging with people, more meaningful ways. And so I went to, uh, I was fortunate to get into the Institute uh, for Development Studies at the University of Sussex in, in England. And when I got there, I was, I had been admitted into a team, a research team that's no longer called what this, but at the time it was called the Participation Power and Social Change Team. And immediately things were standing out to me that I hadn't been that aware of. Power. In the nonprofit world, we didn't use the word power, at least not in the circles that I worked in. Maybe they did in human rights organizations and some other spaces. But in our world, we were talking about professionalized capacities and building capacity and making organizations better organized, like in some ways, like businesses. And um, so I entered this team, Participation, Power, and Social Change team, and immediately they just kind of exposed me to a broader world of power and uh, a little bit of the critical, darker side of the work that we were doing. And when it came time to come up with a, a dissertation topic and research methodology, there was an expectation that it would be action research uh, on that team. But you, you did action research there. So, so that's how I first came into contact with it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it was the, the perfect anecdote. Now it's time for a lightning round of Q&A. Joe's prepared some hard-hitting questions about action research. 
Alfredo's challenge is to give a reflex answer in the shortest amount of time. Alfredo, I'm really excited to talk to you about some of this stuff. So kind of professor to professor, I have some questions uh, about what students ask me, and I'm curious to hear your take on this. So the first question, if when doing an action research study, you can jump around and things aren't linear, then what makes good action research? Do you need to do each step, even if not in a specific order, or is it just a free-for-all that you can decide for yourself? You need to decide for yourself, but that doesn't make it a, a free-for-all. And if you're doing action research with you, your intent is to help people, and therefore they also have an, an input into what you're doing, and your, your job is to respond to what you're learning and make good decisions on what to do next. And that's, that's just being responsive to the opportunities for learning and to, and, and to what the needs are. Uh, it may seem improvisational sometimes, but it's, it's not if you're being responsive to what people want to need. Next question. Why do you prefer the look, think, act approach as compared to those of Cummins and McTaggart? So this idea of spiral of activity, plan, act, observe, reflect, or Calhoun cycles based on steps commencing with selection of area of study followed by collection of data, organization of data, analysis, and interpretation. I'll even go back one step further. I'm going to kind of answer your question. I prefer an even simpler model than look, think, act, which is just the basic idea of acting to learn and learning to act. The reason I prefer it is because it really is meant to be an explanation of how humans already live everyday life regardless of where we are, regardless of our level of expertise, everyone is continually adaptively acting and learning and changing direction. Sometimes not reflectively enough, sometimes not with enough overt action, but acting to learn and learning to act is a human cycle. And that's what we're trying to do in, in the action research world. And look, think, act is just a simpler way than those more elaborate cycles uh, to be able to, to explain that. Next question. How much preparation, instruction, reading would be necessary for a practitioner to become an action researcher? A good starting point for practitioners is to really reflect on, document, and tell stories of their own practice and just really become more aware of how they've actually experienced the things that they're already doing to generate improvement in the world or to contribute to, to different processes and critically analyzing it and in doing so becoming much more aware of how the real world has been reacting to them all along. I think that's a better starting point than digging into a bunch of readings, but of course readings will be helpful after that. Next question. How much preparation does a researcher need to become an action researcher? It seems like anyone can do it, so why get a PhD? Anyone can't do it. Anyone can do it if they put the effort into it, but bringing the world of action to research and bringing the world of research into action, bringing the researcher world into the world of practice and the practitioner world into the world of research inevitably takes us way outside of our normal skill sets. And to be a good action researcher, you have to become a much more versatile actor in the world. And none of us have a really well-developed set of skills all the way from creative action takers and deeply reflective and abstract oriented sometimes researchers. So it just forces us into a much broader skill set than anyone has. Next question. Since you now wrote the book on action research, where does action research go from here? To be clear, I, I was very fortunate to be brought into a book that had a lot of trajectory and a lot of history, thanks to Ernie, Ernie Stringer's work. And he brought me in to help him come up with some new ways of thinking about it and also to reinforce some of the strengths of his existing approaches. So where does it go from here? You know, I don't know where the whole thing goes. My personal agenda is to really 
explore what I think is the underdeveloped use of action as a way of knowing and the over-reliance on research ways of thinking that prevent people from taking creative action. That's kind of where my work is these days. And that's why I hope to take some of this further. Next question. Do you think the field of action research is now an established field? Yeah, I think, I think, the, I think the answer has to be yes. Is it well enough known? Is it pervasive enough where it could or should be? No, but there's such a huge literature and enough practitioners of different types in different places to make it a field. It seems to be a, a fairly weak network when it comes right down to it. What are the range and limits of action research? In other words, what can it do and what can it not do as a methodology? What it can do is it can get everyday people involved in reflecting on what their issues are, what some possible solutions are, and how we can just connect dots by sharing our understandings and our experiences with things. So it's a versatile way to get deep levels of thinking in from a broad group of people and to come up with ways to try to address things that are important for people to address. And it can do that without being overly ambitious, or it can also be done in larger scale projects. What can it not do? You know, there are situations that just need some basic expertise, you know, like, how do I fix this? You know, how do I improve this sort of uh, budgeting process? And it's something very specific, hire an expert. You know, if, if you don't really need to bring a wide range of people into a process, then, then don't find the most effective way of doing things. But I think there are many opportunities that we don't use it when we could. This concludes our lightning round. Tune in to our next segment with Alfredo where Adam and Joe dive into the newly released fifth edition of the book Action Research. Alfredo will also talk about his process and challenges as an action researcher. Have a question for Adam, Joe, or Alfredo? Listen up for where you can find us on social media. How have you found yourself in the world of action research? Want to be interviewed or share one of your projects? Engage in interactive dialogue with Joe, Adam, and other experts and listeners in the community on Twitter at the underscore AR pod or the Action Research Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Action Research Podcast.